Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Hannah on who is a photographer. Hi Hannah, how are you? Hi, hi, yeah, well thank you. How are you guys? All good. It's a lovely sunny day actually. It is. I think it's the last of the sunshine. I think the rest of the week's looking. I've heard it's got snow on Friday, so that should be quite interesting. I'll take that. Snow in December, yeah. don't mind that. <laughs> nice and Christmassy. <laughs> so, photography, how did yes. you get into that? Yeah, so... Um, I kind of stumbled into it really um it wasn't so much of an active choice more of just like a hobby that eventually led to a career um shall I do you want me to start from the beginning yeah, absolutely. yeah, it, makes oh, sense, yeah, yeah. it makes sense to go in a chronological order <laughs> so <laughs> I um I actually never actually studied photography I'm completely self-taught um I studied printed textile design so I did that at Loughborough University and it's similar similar kind of field because it's all related to fashion um but I could draw so I went and did textile design um and then at the end of my degree I got selected to exhibit my work in at a London trade show called New Designers um and then it was yeah it was a really cool opportunity um only a select few from our year got chosen so I was quite flattered um (laughs) but from there I got scouted by um an American employer and within about three months of graduating I was on a plane on my way out to New York City to start my job in as a textile designer (laughs) yeah so it was all a bit of a whirlwind a whirlwind um (laughs) Yeah, I can't complain because the time that I spent in New York was probably to this day the best time of my life. I mean, I was just out of uni, just graduated, um, didn't have any overheads, kind of was only worrying about me and what I wanted to do. And I was in New York, so (laughs) it was pretty much the dream. Yeah, that is such a cool thing to get into straight out of uni. It was, yeah. And I'm the kind of person that I just kind of get on and do it. Like, I don't really overthink things or like analyze situations so I think my parents were definitely like oh god she's moving out to like this (laughs) big city New York and I was just like yeah bye (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that was um I mean that was an amazing time of my life but so when I was there um with my first bonus that I actually got I bought myself a DSLR and that was pretty much the first official camera that I'd ever owned I kind of always used to be the girl at the parties at 18th who used to have the have the camera so I used to be the one taking the photos and do you remember the days when Facebook used to only up, let you upload like 30 images into an album yeah so I used to be like bloody blah's 18th number one bloody blah's <laughs> number two I was literally like the the booked photographer for the event so I did always <laughs> I did always looking back have a passion for it um but I never decided to like go into it as like a learnt career path so when I was in New York studying, um, working, sorry, I, yeah, I had my first DSLR and I just went out and I just kind of started taking pictures and I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, but I really wanted to take pictures and what better place to take pictures than yeah. in New York City. So yeah, it was through, um, through trial and error that I kind of learned how to use a camera. Um, how did you study to use your camera did you go to the internet and learn or, did, or was it just you try and learn and say oh that looks better was, than that and yeah, I did that it was exactly that it was like it was a bit of both really I mean YouTube is everyone's greatest teacher at the moment I think like um, you can go onto YouTube and probably type in anything and you can learn whatever you need to learn on YouTube so that's like an amazing gift but it was it was more for me just trial and error like I had no idea about ISO until 
maybe about two years into when I was shooting <laughs> like as a hobby yeah like I <laughs> well maybe not two years is probably a bit of an exaggeration but <laughs> definitely definitely a year but um I had no idea when ISO I had no idea when f stops like I literally was clueless I just really wanted to take photos um and so I when I was working I actually managed to get um onto the photography team at work so I was doing textile design and then we had like a very very small photography team so I used to assist for the photographer there just because I showed I had a bit of a passion for it and he then taught me quite a lot about ISO and about f-stops and all everything else that comes with like different lenses and he also lent me like a film camera to use which was a bit of a learning curve as well so yeah, it was it was all it was all pretty much trial and error, I'd say. Um most of the images would come out blurry or overexposed or this and that. And I I don't actually know where any of those original images are. I probably just deleted them to be honest with you. <laughs> and so how did you go from New York to a fashion photographer? Um so when I was out there I was on a visa. Um I was on the J one and then the O one, which I don't know if that means any sense to anyone listening, but um it was an internship visa and then a creative visa. Um, so my time out there was kind of on a, on a clock anyway. So I had four years total and then I had to renew my visa if I wanted to. And I'd kind of always said that I wanted to uh, spend some of my 20s in London. So it was quite an easy decision, even though one of like, the biggest decisions to make to come back to London. And when I did come back to London, um, I had a choice then to decide whether to be a print, continue with my printed textiles or in the back of my head, I always had, well, I could try and be a photographer. So when I was in New York, I had started to get a few, like, quite small commissioned jobs. But it kind of made me think, ah, like, this could be a thing. Um, so when I came back to London, I did just kind of, I don't know if I, it was because I didn't get a job in printed textiles. Or maybe I just, it was kind of, it wasn't really a conscious decision. Like, I just kind of went for it. And I managed to get a couple of clients off the back of what I had built as a portfolio. Um, and then kind of just went from there. I mean, it's been a lot of ups and downs. It's been quite a tough ride, but it's definitely been an enjoyable one. So. Do you think having the experience within the, the fashion industry and having to have that kind of uh, creative flair and the eye for, for what looks good has really helped you? Yeah, definitely. Um, and if I could tell you how I judge an image and what looks good, in my opinion, like I think that would be gold dust. I'd bottle it and I'd try and sell it. But you're literally I the think... second photographer that said exactly that. Oh, if you really? could actually nail what it was that you loved, you'd, you'd yeah. make a ton of money. Oh my god, exactly. Because I think you just have to go with your gut. I think it's just you have to have a level of confidence in that your opinion maybe is going to be well received by other people. Um, I just but so maybe it is. Maybe it's I don't I don't really know to be honest with you. I think maybe I've just got an eye for what looks kind of good um that's an interesting thing you obviously say that um you have your own style of photography but a lot mm. of the time you're doing work for clients so how yes. do you balance between the two yeah it's um that's an interesting one it's a really good question it's quite um a tricky one so i always well i've built a portfolio so if someone's employing me for a job they will see online on my website on my instagram um a portfolio that I've built and I do think that I have a style of photography um a natural style of photography so I would expect that if a client books me for a job they would expect to receive that style um if a client's booking me for a job and they want me to do something completely different I usually try and suss that out 
on like the first couple of conversations because if that is the case then it's just not going to work um what I do comes naturally so I can't force myself to do like anything other than that um but saying that I do so I always give a bit of artistic direction from my end when I'm on set behind the camera like I'm always instructing the model but I'm always open for the brand representative who is on set to also take that role as well and give their input and give their direction and stuff um so it's it's a collaboration between myself and the client um and I always want them to be happy so at the end of the day what they want I do try to do um but I think they do expect a level of um, involvement from me when it comes to giving direction and I also do do test shoots as well. So I'd always encourage photographers, um, anyone starting in the industry to 100% do test shoots. So test shoots are basically um, free shoots. I don't get paid for it. The model doesn't get paid for it, but we just get to be creative and we get to create content that we want to create. No one's looking over our shoulders. No one's telling us what to do, what not to do. And we can just kind of be a bit of fun with it. And those, those images, do tend to be my favorite shots that I take um but that's probably just because it's coming from me and it's personal so of course I think they're the best shots (laughs) yeah I was gonna ask you obviously said you've got an online portfolio how did you go about creating that and are the test shoots something really good for people to get into to start creating their portfolio yeah definitely definitely test shoots um I was quite lucky when I first came back I managed to gain myself um a client who I actually still shoot with today like four years down the line um so I had a tiny bit of ticking over income when I first started um but it was very minimal but it kind of just gave me a bit of confidence on the side of that little bit of income I I did a ton of test shoots what you'll what you'll find out in the industry it's a lot a lot about talent obviously because it's a very visual industry but it's also as many industries are a lot about who you know so making connections and being like on the tip of everyone's tongue when they're talking about photography is going to get you to the next step. And if that means that you're going to have to do test shoots, I work free um, to meet those people and to prove that you can do what you're saying you can do, then it's all worth it. I mean, if I had a choice, like I would be picking up a camera every day and taking as many photos as I can. Um, but it, photography isn't always being behind the camera. There's a lot of different elements to it. Um, but I want to shoot. I want to take photos. And it has to be that want that's driving you. So, you sh- yeah, I reckon people will be okay with testing. So how would you actually describe your your job now or what you've built for yourself? Obviously, uh, we found you via your Instagram, which is great. And there's oh, loads fab. of fantastic you know photos of, uh, of men's fashion. And, yeah. uh, and, and it's just, it is very the visual aspect of it is very you know you almost want to go out and buy what you're seeing because it's uh, the images are so um enticing I think, oh thank you thank you that's really nice to hear um that is the aim for people to go out and want to buy what it is that they're seeing so mm. I'm, I'm glad that that's coming across um I kind of fell into men's fashion because when I was in New York I actually started taking photos of fashion bloggers because it was big when blogging was just on the rise and New York was I think maybe before London and taking off with that so I made friends with loads of fashion bloggers and stuff like that and one of them in particular ended up becoming my best friend and he had a male blog and so I ended up shooting um, men 
and it was I lived in Brooklyn and it was at the time when the hipster was kind of making his name um so lots of bearded men and this guy (laughs) had a beard and he looked very cool and so my portfolio was it kind of went the direction of menswear because of him because he was a little bit I guess you could say he was like my muse when I was out there Mm. I'd just shoot him shoot him shoot him and then that's how I got my commissioned work um off of that so yeah my my portfolio is predominantly I'd say on Instagram as well as on my website um but I I love to curate my feed and I love to do like um colorways in my feed if you scroll down it you'll see a subtle I think a subtle color grading throughout which goes to like blues greens blah blah blah. maybe I take too much pride over that I'm not sure <laughs> but if someone like yourself is looking at it and they like what they see then that's always great feedback and it just encourages me to do it a hell of a lot more so yeah obviously being a, a well fashion photographer everyone probably assumes that you know you've got the camera in your hands majority of the time but i assume there's lots of other things that you have to deal with on a day-to-day um what 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 else is there to be a fashion photographer yeah i mean no day is ever the same same i think the regularity is the variety so you can always rely on your day being different so my typical day is probably well i can't say what my typical day is because it varies so much for instance i am shooting later this afternoon but i didn't know that until last night so I thought today was going to be a computer-based day after this, but um, no, it t- turns out I'm going out on set today, which is really exciting, but you have to be able to adapt um, and change the pace. But typically I try and do, I think, 50% shooting, 50% behind the computer screen. Behind the computer screen, I do all my own edits, um, which is quite a good skill that I picked up from when I was a printed textile designer because I used photography. Um, I used Photoshop quite a lot. So I think I'm quite a dab hand in the old Photoshop department. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I do my own edits. And then also there's a load of prospecting, like reaching out to new clients, getting your face out there. As you've mentioned, Instagram, um, being present on um, my website and loads of, like all the computer-based stuff. So I'd say it's about 50-50. And I think I like that ratio because if I was sat behind a computer screen too much, I'd get very frustrated. But if I'm on set too much I put so much energy into being on set I get exhausted I don't think I'd be able to physically do that every single day so I'd say it's about it's a 50-50 balance between sat at desk and then out working on set. So in the world of of fashion photography and specifically what you're doing you're working with a lot of kind of boutique brands and uh, men's fashion and is that the typical client for you you're you're looking to build a network of you know uh boutique people that that really want your talent and and your how you express yourself yeah definitely um as i said before like i have a certain style with photography so not every client is going to be the right client for me and it's just finding the people that are um obviously it's quite frustrating when you don't get jobs but there's always a reason behind why you haven't got that job um and it's it's like sometimes it's like finding a needle in a haystack you just need that needle and then you're good to go um but it takes a lot of effort to get there so I do focus a lot on like smaller businesses um I work with a lot of individuals as well um influencers people that are big on Instagram Um, which I really enjoy and I'm very much a people person so I like being with 
different people, meeting different people, um, which my job allows me to do all the, all the time. Every single day I'm meeting someone new. So it's definitely something I like. But yeah, I'd say boutique kind of um, brands is probably where I target my work. Yeah. What would be some uh, personality traits that you see in yourself and um, other professionals around you you think really help in this industry? Yeah, I'd say, I mean, you have to be somewhat confident to have your own business, to take that leap into having your own business just to start with. No matter if you're a photographer or a designer or a chef, you need to be, you need to have that confidence within yourself. But then it, maybe it's a different confidence to someone that's at, like the loudest one at a party. Like sometimes the camera, I'd say, gives me confidence and it gives me it, a lot of the time it gives me a reason to be somewhere, to give me a reason to talk to someone. Um, and I think maybe a lot of introvert, more introverted people would find that if they're into photography. Um, so confidence can come in many forms, but I think you do have to have that element of confidence to be able to make it make a business out of, out of nothing. Um, I'd say you need to be easy to work with. You need to be a nice person because, I mean, I'm very uh, grateful for the fact that a lot of my clients are repeat clients, um, which I see as a very big thing um, because I pride myself on being quite chilled, quite relaxed, quite easy to work with on set, like um, no stress and just I think I'm a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's obviously a big thing because no one wants to rebook someone who's not very nice, do they? So, Definitely not. Um, and also with that comes, you need to, I think you also need to be very trustworthy. Like I'll always deliver um, what I said that I will deliver when I said I will deliver it. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, I'd like to pride myself on being trustworthy um, as well within the industry. And sometimes I've worked with people maybe influence and stuff they want everything for nothing and it just forms a bit of a a, more of a toxic relationship and I don't have trust in them and that's a big thing for me when I don't trust someone like I can't really work with them again um because yeah well I mean it's obvious why (laughs) (laughs) is is that world of the influencer um I mean it's constantly growing and and as you know people build their audiences even people with you know 10,000 followers yeah um, can can get involved really is that becoming more and more part of your work as well as working with brands yeah definitely because as they get bigger they kind of get more powerful and they are almost as powerful as some brands are I mean maybe even more like when you look at the bigger bigger influencers that have got like 800,000 to a million followers Mm. I mean they can post one thing and that one thing will sell out within like 10 minutes. Um, so their influences are pretty powerful nowadays um, and it only looks like they're getting more and more so. Um, so working with them is just as important to me as working with a brand. Um, the, like with influencers, you get a lot of varied work too, which is quite exciting, like that you could be working with them, with that same influencer on one brand one week and then a different brand the next week, creating a different, a completely different story. So that's really exciting. Um, as much as I absolutely adore the brands that I work with, like a lot of the content that we create is of a similar kind of realm because obviously they have a brand direction, a brand tone of voice. That makes sense. But with an influencer, I feel like it could be a bit more varied. So, mm. yeah, it's really exciting. It's definitely something that I look to expand with. And I, I always look to meet um, meet new people, meet new influencers and stuff. I'm reaching out all the time on social media. Um, yeah, and it's something I really love doing. Is that. So 
is, is that part of your, your marketing per se? Cause when you run a small business, you have to do everything. So you do. <laughs> is, is that your part of your marketing technique to use your social, to reach out, to get new clients? Yeah, definitely. I haven't really ever sat down and thought, right, how am I going to market myself? Which is maybe like something I should do and people should be encouraged to do. Um, There's loads of good marketing uh, techniques that you can do on Facebook and Instagram. The only thing that I've actually delved into is Instagram marketing because when I get targeted on Instagram, I feel like I buy whatever it is straight away they are so clever in the people (laughs) and the audiences that they target maybe i'm just like an advertiser's dream i don't know (laughs) i'm just like a sucker for for anything that says buy me now um but i've never actually sat down and really really thoroughly thought about my marketing but instagram just allows everyone to have such a vivid platform um like how many people are on instagram god lord knows i don't know and so many people are on instagram and so just to post that one picture you could reach like so many people and that's it's like two billion people two billion people i think it's something like that that's the beauty of it now and actually funny story the other day so i don't know if you've adopted um reels yet into your own personal instagram but reels We've just kind of copied our TikToks over, to be honest. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, sure. See, I never, I never started my platform on TikTok. I still haven't. I'm still a bit scared to, but yeah, I, I don't I... know about it. I'm a bit, I'm a bit nervous about it. Really. Yeah. We don't, we don't do any like of our videos. We just create kind of um, little quick videos about what we do. But yeah, which I yeah. think is really valuable, and people will follow you for doing that. Because when I thought of TikTok, I thought of dance routines, and I thought I'm not going to get up and start dancing for <laughs> song. But actually, there's a completely different way of using TikTok you can use it as more of a marketing tool and a behind the scenes tool so I have started doing reels on my Instagram and um, I think I maybe have got about 15 on there at the moment I think and one of my reels I got a notification from Instagram saying congratulations your reel has been featured and I was like what does that what does that mean and then it had about 700 views I think to start with and within 10 minutes had 7,000 within 20 minutes it had 20,000 and it reached a million views no way a million i was like i can't believe when it got to two hundred and fifty thousand. i was like this is incredible i can't believe this but yeah it reached a million views and that in itself gained me so many viewers to my platform i think i got about 700 new followers from it which isn't a huge like conversion rate if you do tally it up but it's like it's huge like just for me posting that one reel or maybe i'd had something that got highlighted i'm not entirely mm. sure if i knew again if i knew the format yeah it, and i'd tell it because i think everyone's trying to work that out i don't know whether it's like super random i think instagram's uh, instagram's a really funny platform because the algorithm constantly changes and exactly you also, have to really on it don't you definitely and i also think people sometimes when they go to follow an account if it's like under 10k for example they might go oh, you know 10k don't follow it so once you hit those kind of numbers exactly. i think it gets easier and easier and easier exactly yeah it's um i've heard that it's a, it's like a snowball effect isn't it like yeah. once you get to a certain amount it just rolls and rolls and rolls but i'm still looking to reach that certain amount so yes yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's kind of my marketing. I mean, that was, a, that's an amazing, and I didn't pay for that, that marketing kind of um, experience. So that's incredible. So being on all these free platforms, like Pinterest is something that I've started to look into recently. Um, but there's so many, there's just so many platforms that you need to be evident on. And then the decision, I guess, is like, do you, do you do it 
do you say Pinterest, for instance? Do I go on Pinterest and do I kind of add a few images um, and is that good or do I have to put my whole heart into it or do I just not have it full stop because I haven't put my whole heart into it, you know? Yeah. It's, a really, it's a difficult thing to make and with so many platforms and one coming up like every month, it's like, it, it's a full-time job in itself, to be honest, is doing all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You said you uh, bought your first camera uh, with your first bonus yeah. out in New York. Um, since then, and obviously working as a photographer, how have you sort of uh, improved and developed your equipment and yeah. any advice for somebody maybe getting into it on how to get their equipment? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, I I think my first camera was a Canon Rebel TGI3 or something like that. Um, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty plasticky. But in all honesty, I don't necessarily, when you're first starting, think it's the equipment that's going to make the difference. I think it's just getting out there and having the experience and being out with someone, taking their photo or something, depending on what your photography um, rhyme and reason is. It's just getting out there and taking photos of it, if it's landscape, birds, whatever it is. Um, but then once you start to like realize the faults in your camera, that's when it's time to update it. So that's kind of what I do. I kind of just um, like roll with it until I think, oh, actually this could do with some improvements. So I'll update it. So at the moment I'm shooting with a mirrorless camera, um, which is very, I, I would hugely recommend it because it's, it's actually changed the way that I shoot. I don't shoot looking through the little viewfinder anymore. I shoot looking at the screen on the back of my camera um, because the beauty of a mirrorless is that it gives a true representation of what your settings are creating in the viewfinder and in the screen on the back. Okay. Whereas with other like DSLRs, um, they will, you'll look through the viewfinder and you'll just see what you see through the lens and you have to change your settings. Kind of it's a bit like a guessing game. I mean, obviously once you get further down the line, you, you understand the lighting and you know what the settings should be um, just instinctively. Um, but to start with, that's really difficult. So mirrorless cameras are really cool. I mean, you can get really expensive ones, but for starting, for people that are starting, I would say that uh, mirrorless Canon EOS R is a really good purchase. That's brand new, isn't it? Pretty much. It is brand, it's pretty year. much brand new. Yeah, I've got, I've, that's the one that I've got and I've got my eye on the R5, which is yeah. really expensive. So I'm just kind of biding my time with that one. <laughs> well, um, I, I got the um, the Canon M50. I think okay. it's like it's like the small little yeah. tiny mirrorless they do. Yeah. That, and that was like pretty reasonable. I think it's about six hundred pound maybe. Yeah, but, um, that's good. That's just. I'm, I'm not massive in, into photography, but I just kind of like playing around with it. Um, and that was really good. So, you know, you don't have to spend a ton of money because some of them are no, like you don't. three, four thousand pounds. Exactly. And something like that would be a great introductory camera. And then it's only when you've shot enough and you start realizing, oh, actually, I'd quite like to take control of this element of my camera now. Um, that's when you'll kind of think, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll look to upgrade it. Um, but then you get onto lenses and lenses. Does your yeah. does the camera that you've got um, support like fifty mil? Does it support different lenses, or is it just it's got fixed? 
yeah so it supports different lenses but um i have to get the adapter to go right, to like okay. l series and things sure okay so then there's lenses which is like that changes the ballpark again um i mean lenses can be super expensive but you can also get them on a budget as well when i first started shooting i had a really 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 budget 50 mil um it must have cost me about 200 dollars, i think and i yeah. shot with that for a huge amount of time like a number of years and it was absolutely fine um but now i've upgraded to um a mirrorless my mirrorless my r series lenses and the the difference in my eye is dramatic but perhaps the difference of someone just starting wouldn't be as much so don't be scared of buying something cheap like buy it cheap use it loads and just see how you get on with it there's it's a way better way around than buying something super expensive and deciding you don't like it because each photographer photographer will have their own focal length that they um kind of suit their style of um a lot of people do wide angle some people do like really really tight um crops so you kind of have to work out what your style is i think first before you really really buy those hugely expensive lenses definitely um, but they are beautiful i'm pretty sure i talk about this guy way too much on the podcast considering (laughs) we're not a photography podcast but um i follow someone called peter mckinnon on uh, on youtube and his photography is immense um, yeah and he does loads of uh, lens reviews and things like that is that maybe a space you've thought about getting into like the teaching of photography i have yeah but because i am not I didn't come from um, a background of learning about photography I'm self, because I'm self-taught. I've always had a little bit of a fear that I don't know enough about it to be able to teach people. But kind of recently, actually, since I've been a lot more present on my Instagram, because I've done a lot more like face to camera, because COVID means that I can't go out and really network and meet people. I've, been, I've switched to kind of behind the scenes, face to camera kind of style, which is actually really good. It means I can do it for my bedroom. I bought myself a little ring light setup, So I've got a little setup going on. Um, but since then, people have got to know me a bit more. And a lot of people have started asking me questions. And they're questions that I do know the answers to. So questions like that have only they've kind of built up my confidence a bit more in what I could actually provide like the value I could provide for people and how I could teach people because if I think back to myself when I first started I would have loved someone like me telling me like how I experienced it and just giving me a bit of advice so it's definitely something I've thought about like lenses I think and equipment I'm not so savvy in I'm more of a visual person than I am like a factual person like Mm -hmm. I don't really I kind of just as I said before like I kind of just get up and do it I don't really overthink things and I think if I was giving reviews on lenses and camera equipment I would struggle because I think I'd need to do loads and loads of research before and then I probably still would say the wrong thing but (laughs) if it's something more kind of artistic and like the the more visual side of photography um and just my personal experience like I yeah it's definitely it's actually something I've thought about recently is doing a few YouTube tutorials or something like that you know like I don't know what platform would be best for it to be honest but perhaps youtube is where i learn everything from so yeah it's yeah something that i've thought about definitely and so what would be some of the biggest positives and opportunities you've had out of this uh this career so far yeah well the best thing i think about my job is the people i meet in places i go and the opportunities i get like i always have i've said a couple of times that um if i dress the part and i have a camera in my hand 
I feel like I could literally get into anywhere like especially during fashion weeks Mm. and stuff like that like there was one point where I found myself in the middle of the photography pit at the end of the catwalk for no reason apart from just being there because I wanted to take photos there like I wasn't (laughs) shooting for anyone like I just managed to get in and sneak round and no one had stopped me and I was there in the like it was it was quite a cool experience (laughs) it's very cool I don't know what design it was for it's probably someone that was probably someone that no one knows but I (laughs) thought it was really cool I thought I'd been really sneaky um but especially fashion week like I've I've used my camera um to get to just walk through doors and things so the opportunity there is amazing like even down to events photography which is what I used to do pre-covid um just as like a little bit of a sideline because I have my menswear stuff and then I also do events in the evening stuff like um private members clubs parties um just like like award ceremonies private parties and you just stand there sometimes and I've got my camera in my hand and I look around and I'm like why am I here like I wouldn't have been here for any other reason than this camera so the opportunity that you get from this career path is incredible um and if you're like big into celebrities and stuff like that there's loads of opportunity to meet loads of people like that and it's always really exciting even if celebrity to you is someone that's on Instagram you know like it's still someone that's well known and you're meeting them because you're you've got this camera in your hand so it's a it's a it's a cool experience um travel wise I've not really been too many places for my job um I'm not a travel photographer um but that is definitely a realm of this um career path that you could explore like you could go post-covid obviously all over the world um seeing so many different places just because you've got a camera in your hand so yeah it's it's a pretty cool career path if you're looking for variety like that for sure have you thought about going to that uh, men's fashion festival in Italy? They do yeah, every year. Pity, yeah, yes. I have, you know, and I was actually going to go this year. Oh, and no. luckily I didn't book my tickets because obviously it didn't go ahead as planned. Um, but I was telling everyone, like, I'm going to go this year, like, blah, 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 because I do a lot of street style when I am in London um, for Fashion Week. So I thought this would be ideal and all the beautiful men that are there, like what the, all their outfits that they're wearing, it would just be fantastic, like the location. But yeah, so unfortunately, they didn't work out for me this time round. Um, Next year, an- Another time, another time. Yeah. When it's back on, for sure, I'll go. <laughs> I've got a couple of friends that go, so I've got people to go with. So I'll definitely be encouraged to do so. Uh, and on the other side of that, what would be some of the, the less favorable or negative aspects of this industry? Yeah, so I guess more the legal contractual side is probably one of the less favorable aspects. Um, as you mentioned earlier, if you're a small business owner, you not only have to do the job, but you have to run the entire business. Um, so that's like chasing invoices, agreeing terms, um, and whilst like I could go down the route of being represented by someone like an agency, I really like the freedom in my work and I like choosing when I want to shoot and who I want to shoot with. And if I want to do a test shoot, I can go ahead and do that. And I don't really have to answer to anyone. So I bring that upon myself, I guess you could say. Um, but so stuff like people misusing your images. I've had a couple of experiences with that, which is definitely the unglamorous side of the business. But it's all such a grey area when you're starting. And even now for me, it's a little bit of a grey area of what people can do and can't do. You have to set your terms. Definitely always send out a terms and conditions contract um, before your photo shoot, no matter who it is. Just get into that habit. 
um, and just make sure that you're, you know in your head what is expected and the client knows what is expected as well because otherwise when wires cross it's not a pretty sight. Um, but luckily, like in the grand scheme of things, I haven't had to deal with too much of that but that's definitely something that is the less favourable side of the business for sure. Mm. Um, so we like to talk a little about what people could expect the, to earn in this yeah. career. Yeah. Um, and we did a little bit of research on it and it, cool. it obviously it completely varies if you're freelance. Um, yes. But again, it's just up to you how much you earn, how much you work, how good your network is. Definitely. But they reckon you can earn, you know, when you're starting out, maybe 12,000 up to about 18,000. But it's difficult to really put, uh, you know, a finger on, on the figure. Yeah, oh, it's always, it's like when someone asks you to quote for a job, it's like, how much is, how much is it for a photo shoot? So you're like, okay, well, let's start from the beginning. We need, how many images would you like? Where would you like to use them? Are you expecting edits? How quick's your turnaround? There are so many different things, like variable factors that go into costing your service. Um, and then obviously ties into how much you earn at the end of the year. Mm. Um, I'd, I'd be pretty in line. Like, I think that's pretty spot on for the, for the starting out photography kind of figure um so be prepared for that because obviously but i guess that's when you're starting any business as the freelancer you're always going to have that period of growth um mm. and you need to be prepared to get through that period of growth whether you whether you've saved money or whether you've got parents that you can live with or friends you can live with there's always there must there's always going to be a way around that that period of your career um but i'd say yeah you're pretty spot on on track but going forward i mean if you look at photographers like ranking how much does he earn yeah. he earns like gajillions of pounds <laughs> like so i mean the scale is enormous like you could be a photographer and not earn very much but you could be quite happy with that because you like what you do you enjoy what you do and you just want to live a simple life or you could be on the completely other like end of the line where you're ranking and you earn like a million pounds a photo so yeah. it's it's such a huge huge spectrum and i guess like anything it's how much effort you put in to how much you're going to receive from it so did you did you see that uh, a few months ago now i think it was an australian photographer ian somebody sold a photographer uh, a photograph for about 6.5 million dollars wow no way yeah it oh was, my gosh what was it of it was it so it's a, a natural landscape scene um, and I think it's in the desert in a canyon somewhere and it is incredible. Um, but yeah, it's sold for $6.5 million. Wow. But your thing is you could look at that like, wow, he's minted. Congratulations to him. Or you can look at that like he might not have earned anything for the last however many years of his yeah. career. Like, I don't know who this guy is. Not saying that's why he hasn't earned anything, but I don't know what his history is. Um, so he could be, he could have been looking for that shot his whole career. So you just, you need to have faith that like what you're doing is like eventually going to pay out and going to like earn you the living that you want. Um, because that is an incredible sum of money. And I think if anyone got told that they were going to get that money for one photograph, maybe they would work for nothing for a certain number of years to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. But wow, that's ridiculous. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> and to think that like, he's not had to pay any models or anything like that. Like that's literally all his money. So you don't know how long he had to spend in the desert for. This, this is true. This is very true. You do not know how long he had to spend in the desert for. These are all things that people maybe don't take into consideration when they look at a beautiful photo though it's like wildlife photography like it's all about timing so you have to like how when when you watch blue planet like how long have they 
stood one spot to get that one shot of that insect insect licking its lips like yeah. how yeah. long have they done that for there was so much investment into some images and videos into everything that, we, yeah, we spoke with a, a wildlife photographer a few a couple of months ago and um, he said a, a lot of it like <laughs> nearly 80 percent of his time is sitting in a tent waiting yeah. for the shot exactly exactly and it takes a certain personality and a certain person to be able to do that I know that I couldn't do that. I could, as much as I love animals, I don't think I could ever be a wildlife photographer because you have to be so dedicated to the cause. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah, I really appreciate that. On that sort of theme, is there anything that's uh, in the job or not in the job description that you have to uh, deal with? Um, you never expected to. I guess, as I mentioned previously, previously owning a business like there's lots of things that I maybe didn't expect um like tax like having to be your own accountant and things like that which as I said I'm much more of a creative visual person less of a numbers gal so that definitely came as a bit of a shock to the system um yeah are there any on that are there any skills that you would probably suggest for someone going into this industry that maybe aren't so obvious as a photographer to develop yeah um i think what's really helped me is that i am a people person i couldn't imagine being a photographer and not being well taking pictures of photo um taking photos of people sorry and not being um a people person um so that's definitely something i think i pride myself with making people be able to relax in front of the camera because as like, for example, Chandler from Friends, you know, some people are like, oh, God, when they get in front of the camera <laughs> um, and do their awkward smile. So I do pride myself on being able to get people to relax. Um, so I guess that's kind of a, like a hidden skill, something that you wouldn't maybe expect to do. You also have to deal with a lot of people's, um, I guess, insecurities about themselves as well. Um, and that's something you have to tread very carefully and when you're selecting images taking into account what they think that they're going to look good in um obviously if you're a paid job as a model you i don't think you get that say but if you're working with influencers that's like a big thing that they won't want to post something that they don't feel comfortable with so um yeah there's a there's probably a ton more which i just can't think of right now (laughs) um yeah it's not always as said on the tin but yeah and have you got any uh, any good tips on progressing in the industry? Obviously, we talked about uh, needing to network and build that, yeah, that client yeah, base up, definitely. hone your skills. But, definitely. but what, in your opinion, is the best things? Yeah, as I said before, I think it's a lot about who you know. Um, and so you really, really have to make the effort to get to know people. Um, before COVID, I was going to a lot of networking events, um, which unfortunately aren't happening right now. But there are some virtual ones, which I'm, I'm actually yet to try. I don't know how successful they'll be. <laughs> um, but just going out for coffees with people, um, messaging people on social media and just even if I think it's always best to meet up with someone not wanting anything um, and just saying hi and just becoming like a person that they will remember um, and then perhaps the next time maybe you want to shoot with them or you're asking about their next collection who's going to shoot that like they might like look at it look upon it more favorably um, but as I said before the the referrals aren't happening so what I then decided to do is I made a very conscious decision to switch to screen kind of 
allowing people to get to know me um so yeah doing more like face-to-face to -to camera stuff I'm not sure if you saw that on my Instagram did you see is that what made you reach out to me is that because you saw who I was on my Instagram kind of my my face-to-camera kind of stuff yeah I think I just well I saw you obviously your feed and I really liked your stuff yeah um I think I think we we had someone on Benedict Brown we had on okay and um and I think you popped up as a as a suggestion oh, cool. um, through that and yeah, then yeah obviously yeah. saw your stuff yeah nice because since I've done more like face to camera stuff I feel like people are much more um confident in approaching me with questions and I've actually gained quite a few more clients um during this particular lockdown um and the exposure has been really good maybe I don't know if that's something to do with my one million viewed reel or not <laughs> did I mention that by the way <laughs> I, I think it's definitely something as a business you have to do because people really relate to somebody definitely. when they see them definitely. and it, it's something we we definitely have to start doing but I I don't know yeah, I it find nice. it really awkward yeah, um, yeah and I think first. I'm quite lucky I think I'm quite lucky in the fact I find it quite um easy to be in front of the camera and um, I think I get that from my dad um loves to be in front of the camera but um <laughs> I yeah I definitely I definitely would encourage anyone to do it I used to think when when I first started my photography I kind of went down this um route where I was a bit like Banksy you know I wanted to do my work and I didn't want anyone to know who I was and (laughs) maybe that stemmed from the fact that I was a woman in a menswear world and I kind of had this idea that if they found out I was a woman behind the camera they'd be less likely to shoot with me whether that has any substance to it or not, I have no idea. Um, I don't think it's like um, hindered my career, but I think that's where that kind of train of thought came to. Um, come to it came to because I used to be under the name of Photography by Miles, so it was only a few years that I switched oh, I actually my real name. So obviously my real name being Hannah Miles, um, and so when I made that switch, I kind of really tiptoed into becoming a bit more evident on my social media but this lockdown has definitely definitely encouraged me to do that um and i've really enjoyed it yeah that's good yeah yeah Uh, and would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now a hundred percent a million percent i like (laughs) i i can't think of myself doing anything other than this which is such a nice thing to say when I have, I've experienced the full-time job. I've done the nine yeah. to five. And the thing is with America, you get 10 days holiday as well. Yeah, it's mad over there, isn't it? Solid nine till five, yeah. And so oh I'd use God. those 10 days for Christmas back in England. Yeah. And that would be it. Um, so I've definitely experienced that. And I just, I think I just, I love being my own boss. And I love meeting all the people that I end up meeting and going to the places I end up going to. And don't get me wrong, it's not been um, sunshine and roses the whole time. Like the career path of starting your own business and being a freelancer is quite tough. And mm. as all freelancers would know, there's there's up months and there's down months and you just have to have the confidence um, that you're going to ride through it and it will all even out by the end of time. When you come to buying houses, it's quite difficult, which is I'm, I'm experiencing at the moment. Um, so think about stuff like that but I just wouldn't do anything else um yeah I love it then when I'm behind the camera I get into what I call my flow state which Mm. I just don't think about anything else like all I'm thinking about is what's in that image who's what who's doing what and it's just all about that process that's all you can really ask for in your working life isn't it to just absolutely love what you do exactly exactly 
Well, thank you so much for coming oh, on. So I really, welcome. really enjoyed chatting to you. Oh, yeah, you guys too. Sorry if I babbled on a bit. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you again. And uh, where can people find you online and on social media? Yeah, so online, um, my website is hannahmiles.com. There's actually another photographer called Hannah Miles. So a lot of people stumble across a wedding photographer, um, which is not me. So if you go to <laughs> hannahmiles.com, that will be my menswear stuff. And then on Instagram, it's hannah underscore miles underscore photo. Don't forget those underscores. Um, that's it brilliant Brilliant. thank you very much thank you guys no it's been a pleasure lovely to talk to you